0: I don't know how, some way we're managing to fit in all the shows that I, I don't say promised, but hoped to do this week. It's sell high time here on Fantasy NBA Today, another bonus episode here on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Vespers over on social media, and this is, of course, a Sports Ethos presentation. I've got three more names for you to try to sell high on this week. We'll also take a look back at what happened with some of our names from last week. Uh, trying to do more of that. Mostly, it's... I'd like to say it's like a transparency thing, but mostly it's just that um, it's helpful for me to remember what I've done. So, uh, saving copies of the previous file. Here's the reason that it didn't happen earlier in the season. I didn't want to go back and rewatch my previous show. And I was writing over the uh, PowerPoint presentation, so I wasn't able to just quickly access it. Now, like, you know a functioning adult, I just save one each for sell and buy PowerPoint deals. And so it's really easy for me to go back and see uh, what we did last week. Anyway, um, quick note here, and I keep remembering to say this at the end of the show, but I'm going to try to get into the habit of saying it at the beginning now. If you're watching, YouTube has a really easy commenting button. I know many of you like to use the live chat during the show, but that shuts down when the show is over. So please use the YouTube comments box I get email alerts when those come in at some point during the day or night or the following day. I get to them. I'm trying to do all of them. I can't promise all, but generally all. Uh, So if you have comments, maybe players you have questions about on the buy or sell side, that's the place to put it. The comments, not the live chat on this one. Please do take a moment to like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. And now we can, oh, and come hang out with us over on the Sports Ethos Discord. It is free. The link is in the show description. And we will see you over there. Um, let's embark upon our sell discussion for the week. I, again, I you know, I think it it makes sense to do um, a quick look at what was going on previously, just to kind of see uh, whether there was any result yet, and. You know, it doesn't always happen super fast, but we've had a couple of small results so far. Last week, we had Donovan Mitchell, CJ McCollum, and Bogdan Bogdanovich on the list. Donovan Mitchell has been outside the top 25 the last couple of weeks. It's not a stark and immediate impact kind of thing, but over time, that is going to sort of slowly squeeze him in a particular direction. He'll have some giant games mixed in that'll kind of move him back. And it's not going to be this linear process for Spida. But as we said last week, he was up at six. Um, Steals in particular was just higher than it was ever meant to be. And as that stuff starts to come back down to earth of him, I think the free throw percent was also really high. The expectation for me was that he'd kind of slide back where he was drafted, which was mid second round. Still good. Still very, very good. uh, But not mid first round. And he has slid three spots. Not enough, I think, for people to really notice that anything was different. But we did, right? Those of us that dig in there and look at it at a more uh, microscopic level. So see if you can still pull off the same stuff. CJ McCollum, they didn't play much last week. Um, Lakers blitzed him. He moved down three spots from 15 to 18, which, again, not very much. These are small things. But this is a guy that's probably going to run more... Uh, in that, like, 40 to 75 range, depending on how things shake out for CJ. I don't think that the steals and blocks were going to stay as high as they were. And, uh, again, so you still have an opportunity there. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich actually had a really good week because Trey Young got ejected and missed a game with an illness. Um, so you might have even be able to sell him for higher than what we were talking about. He kind of went the opposite direction. Uh, not that, like, I mean, you know, Trey Young being out, very helpful, uh, pretty easy thing to see there. If Obviously, if we had known that was coming, we'd say wait and sell him after the guy that takes all the shots is missing for a game or two. But there was sort of no way to know that that was coming. And so that is where things left off from last week. I still think you can probably sell very high on Donovan Mitchell. I still think you can sell real high on McCollum. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, it wasn't necessarily about the production. It was about his uh, balky knee, um, and it's still hanging in there. So, uh, again, the longer you hold on to Bogdanovich, and I think we said this last week too, the longer that you hold on to him and let this play out, the more you can get back because there's this sort of, like, these curves that meet, which is like perception versus what's actually happening. And so for Bogdan, he's been like kind of floating along at that 50 clip, but the perception of what he is started at like 100, and every two weeks, people are like, oh, maybe he's like a top 80, and now people are like, oh, maybe he's like a top 60. Uh, And every couple of weeks, the, the belief becomes stronger, and the value you can get back gets closer and closer to what their actual rank currently is, and then so you're able to juxtapose that against where you think they're headed, and that's where you can create these uh, these little pockets of value. First name on the list for this week is Terry Rozier, and I'm, I'll, I'll preface this week by saying that the names are, I don't want to say obvious, but a little obvious. Now, we're far enough into the season where I'm not going to be displaying on the screen what players are doing for the whole year because now you're going to be selling and buying guys based on what they've done for, you know, maybe like a four week span leading up to a certain thing enough time where people are like, Oh, this is interesting. This might be a real thing, uh, but not the entire season. Cause some of these guys may have started more slowly. Rozier being a good example of that, but he's been destroying Lamella ball being out a very large part of it. But on top of that, it's just massive, massive numbers. He's taking 19 shots a game over the last two weeks He's averaging 25 points, three boards, nine and a half assists, a steal, over three three three-pointers, 87% medium-volume free-throw shooter, and it puts him inside the top 25. He's been a second-rounder for the last month now, actually, which is fun because he's only been back for like two and a half weeks of that month, but still. And here's the thing, you know, we've seen Rozier put up Solid 40 range numbers for a season before. It was really only, I think, two seasons ago that he was number 30 in 9-cat. On 19 points, 4.5 assists, 3 threes, 1.3 steals, uh, 44.5 and 85 splits. Those exact same numbers this year would not have him at 30. Just because everybody has gone full pinball mode in the NBA. But that's 40 range numbers. Um... I don't know, and I know the folks that are watching and reading along, you can see that I said you should sell high for top 50 if possible because I don't think you're going to get 40 back for him right now. And I don't know that you ever will unless he continues to go top 40 even after LaMelo Ball comes back. So here's what your decision is. It's a little bit of a roll of the dice either way. If you want to sell Rozier now, you could probably convince somebody to give you like a 50 to 65 range guy back. Depending on how exciting they are and how big their name is, that might be attainable. Guys between 50 and 65 that have maybe not quite as big of a name, but have been running cooler than uh, Rosier would be like a Freddie Van Vliet, Jalen Brunson. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, who's up to number 57 now, by the way, guys. Couple of good ball games, and suddenly he's back in front of his ADP. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to get JJJ with the way he's been playing lately, but it's certainly worth a look. Demar is in there. Um, I don't know that these guys necessarily beat Rozier the rest of the way, but they're probably a good bet to run kind of even with him and have a much safer floor. Because we saw last year the field goal percent really bottomed out for Terry. He struggled hard with turnovers when LaMelo was out. We also haven't really seen this Charlotte team healthy. What is Rozier's role going to be when everybody's there at the same time, including Miles Bridges, including LaMelo Ball, including Gordon Hayward, including Brandon Miller? Can he stay near 40, or is he going to tip back into the 65-75 range? I don't think he's enough to get you guys that are above 50, even 55 is is questionable. But these guys that sort of quietly dink and dunk along with really good numbers, those are guys you might be able to target back. Now, if someone's like, oh, I'll give you, you know, Drew Holiday or D'Angelo Russell or something like that, I think you probably just stick it out with Rozier and kind of see what happens because you're trying to lock in you're trying to lock in a, a big time contributor, not a not a decent contributor because those guys are still decent. You're locking you're you're aiming for you know like a pretty good sock coming back. And it's possible that it doesn't happen. And that's kind of the other role of the dice because if you think Terry Rozier has a shot to run top 40, top 50 even after LaMelo Ball comes back, then you hang on until LaMelo returns. You enjoy this, you know, very this beastly run he's on right now see what happens when LaMelo's around if he falls off a cliff well you missed your chance to sell high you're not going to get anybody inside the top 60 at that point you're going to be kind of stuck with it if he continues to play even pretty well and I would say if if Rozier's rolling like 60 65 even for a couple of weeks after LaMelo comes back the beauty is people will look at his last month's numbers, they'll still show 35, 45, something like that because of the big run when Ball wasn't there. And you might still be able to move him for someone ranked pretty close to where he ended up. And then you also avoid the possibility that Rozier falls all the way back down where he spent a bunch of time last year. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. So that's the sort of two sides to this one. Again, none of these are as cut and dry as they are at the beginning of the season. But we'll do our best to try to talk through them. Next name on the list is Shaden Sharp. And this is... The, I think actually think this one's probably an easier one to pull off. Which, uh... Maybe I'm wrong about that, but most of what I've seen on Shaden Sharp is that people were already higher on him than they should have been, because his field goal percent was basically annihilating teams, and when you combine that with turnovers, he became a guy that was ranked much lower than people realized. And because so many teams in head-to-head punt field goal and punt turnovers, it's become the most fashionable punt, meaning everybody's doing it, so it's actually not that useful anymore. Now you're competing against everybody else doing the same thing as you. This is a guy that people were thinking, oh, this guy's like saving my team, and he was ranked, you know, 145, 150. The Blazers have been so banged up lately that Sharp has had no choice, basically, but to play a lunatic number of minutes. He's averaging 37 minutes, by the way, on the season right now. Over the past two weeks, Shaden Sharp is playing 39 and a half minutes per ball game. That's good enough for fourth most in the NBA behind Luka Doncic, Kobe White, and Damian Lillard. And then Shaden Sharp. And that's just because the Blazers have nobody left right now. Malcolm Brogdon's out. Jeremy Grant is out. DeAndre Ayton is out. I know Scoot came back but even he was out for a little bit uh, over this stretch that Sharp's been able to ramp things up. And his numbers have been really good because it happened to coincide, this this crazy high usage run for Sharp has actually coincided with a shooting heater. Shaden's firing 53% over those last two weeks. So he's taking 17 shots a game, and he's actually turned himself over that short span into a field goal percent positive, So he's averaging 26 points, four three-pointers, six and a half rebounds, five assists, a steal on 53-81 splits. But we saw enough of Sharp over the course of the season to understand that that doesn't actually add up. This is a 42.5% shooter for the year. He was taking 15 shots a game for the full season, more like 14 before everybody went out. And in those games, he was, again, more like top 140. The nice thing about the Shaden Sharp sell high is that, first of all, you're not going to get a top 25 guy back. I know he's been number 22 over the last two weeks, but that's not how you do this thing. The nice thing about Shaden Sharp is that people were already excited about him because of those very popular counting stats like points and rebounds and assists and threes. And people are more than willing to overlook the you know poor field goal percent, poor turnovers, no blocks, that kind of stuff. It's easy. Those things are easy to just not look at. So even when he was rolling at that 130 clip, you probably could have sold him for a top 100 play. Now he's running ultra hot. And people are aware that that a lot of that is because guys are out. But I don't think that they actually care as much as they should. Because as this team gets healthy, and don't get me wrong, Sharps going to still play a bunch of stuff, but he's not going to be the orchestrator he was when a bunch of these guys are out. Specifically Malcolm Brogdon being out. Uh, he's not going to get as many near the rim things when Deandre Ayton comes back he's not going to be as spend as many minutes as power forward when Jeremy Grant comes back the front court is missing right now for the Blazers so everything is falling on Sharp and it's been wonderful because he's just piling up statistics at the moment but it's not sustainable and i think you could get a top 60 play back because of these giant counting stats it's not going to be a big name top 60 guy we just talked about this on the Terry Rozier cell. But you might be able to aim for somebody like a Franz Wagner. Who's right around 60. Michael Porter Jr. Not a big name. Right around 60. Daniel Gafford. If you wanted to go 9-cat heavy. You know, a low turnover guy. Who's going to boost you in boards, blocks, and field goal percent. That would probably happen. Mark Williams. Similar fantasy profile. Would get it done. Jonas Valanciunas. Who I admit I was too low on. His blocks are better this year. Did not see that one coming. Seems like he's a pretty safe bet to stay inside the top 75 right now. If you go farther down the board, you could probably get a Clint Capella. Uh, You could probably get a Derek Lively. I like all of these guys, believe it or not. And that's again, this is a nine-cat discussion. So if you're punting turnovers, then perhaps some of these big guys are not as alluring. You might be able to make a trade for an injured Zach Levine if somebody thinks he's really going to sit out the full month. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he gets traded. Uh, Chris Paul right now is about to go on a hot run. Drew Holiday is down in that range. D'Lo, Jalen Williams, who we've had on a buy low board for weeks, even while he's climbing. He's like 30 rank slots up already. There's a crap ton of names you could look at with Shaden Sharp's points scoring lately. And I think you've actually got a better than zero chance of getting some of these guys, even if their names might be a little bit bigger. They're just not scoring the same way. Folks, for better or worse, it's that time of year again. Holiday time. Classic Christmas movies are on all the time. Thanksgiving parades. Rom-coms. Anybody else sick of it already? I mean, I don't mind the fact that uh, my kids are pretty excited about the toys and stuff, but everything else is just so much work. (sighs) Anyway, that's why this holiday season I've decided to give myself the gift of Express VPN. Yes, Express VPN is an app that lets you change your online location. This lets you trick sites like Netflix into giving you a whole new library of content. Because maybe you didn't know this. Sites like Netflix, streaming services, they have different shows in different countries. So, for example, this week, I could have been using Express VPN to binge the office in the UK. The original office. Take your pick. It's so simple. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app. I can do it. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Computer, TV, however you're watching it, smart device. Change your location to Great Britain, Canada, Japan. Refresh your streaming service. Bingo, bango. You're done. You can choose from over 100 different countries. Think about all the libraries you can go through with that. My good lord, it's all of them. But it's not just Netflix. It's not just the the ones that everybody has. BBC iPlayer, YouTube, Disney Plus, of course. You name it. Maybe even some sports. Just saying. I've tried other VPNs in the past that were slow. I don't want slow. I want the one that lets me continue to use my browser at my bandwidth with no lag and that's ExpressVPN. So if you're sick of all the cheesy shows on your streaming services right now this holiday season, gift yourself a brand new library of content. Go to expressvpn.com/hoopball. That's right, H-double-O-P-B-A-L-L. Go there right now and you can get an extra 3 months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com/hoopball expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Go there now to learn more about one of our fantastic partners. We got one more by low on the list and an honorable mention. Maybe I shouldn't have told you that. Maybe it should have been a surprise. And that is Shaden Sharp's teammate, Anthony Simons, who I promised I would talk about on this afternoon show because he got asked about on our morning show. Since coming back from injury, Anthony Simons has played just a handful of games. I think it's three and he's number 29 in those games, extremely limited sample size. If you could sell high and get a top 40 play, I would do it. I don't know that I that you can, which obviously makes it harder because again, people are going to look at it and say small sample size. But what we're trying to do here is lock in value. There's nothing that's a sure thing in this universe. Nothing. Could Anthony Simons keep up this pace all season long? I mean, anything is possible. But he's also taking 21 shots a game. And as it happens, three of the four games he's played this year have come with almost all of the other usage guys in the Blazers out, besides the player we just talked about in Shaden Sharp. No Brogdon, no Ayton, no Jeremy Grant. So sure, Simons is taking 21 shots a game and six free throws over this stretch. He's also made every free throw he's taken so far. (laughs) Okay? I mean, he's not going to go 25 for 25 at the foul line all season long. Even if you just taper that off to 90%, he falls considerably. Not like forever, but a fair amount. Start to peel off some of the usage, 21 shots down to 19, 18, something like that. That's how you see this thing start to taper. But there's more to the Anthony Simons story than just an easy sell high. It's not that easy, actually. Man, obviously, he's not going to go roll top 20 all season long. But there is this whole battle that takes place all the time between whether you can actually move him for a player coming back that's worthwhile. And this comes down a little bit to what we all think is going to happen. So do I think there's a chance that he could roll top 50 all season? I actually think that he could, potentially. Do I think it's probable? I'd say no. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. He was sitting right around the edge of the top 50 last year when Damian Lillard is out, but it's also worth noting that there was really only one other guy on the team that was taking shots at that point, and that was the aforementioned Jeremy Grant. It was like Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons, and then who the hell knows? Nobody else was really willing to do much of anything during, and it was only like a two or three week span that Dame sat out, but we got a pretty good look at it. This year, there are guys to take more of that stuff. And if that was last year, top 50 when he was basically the only man standing, if we assume that this team starts to get healthy at some point, and it sounds like Aiton and Brogdon are very close, and Grant is a little bit farther away with his concussion, we're going to get a look at this pretty soon. So if you can find someone out there who's like, ooh, you know what, I've seen Anthony Simons, I know he's not going to be doing this much all season long, but I still think he's going to be top 40, top 50, I think you probably do it. And the reason why is a math game. There is a chance he rolls top 50 all season long. There's almost no chance he rolls top 30 all season long. There is also a chance he drops down into the 60s or the 70s. We don't know for sure. But if you can bring someone back who we know bottoms out at about 55, you're basically locking in safety. That's what this possible move is. I don't have any issue if you all want to just see what happens on Simons. He's been crazy since coming back. Anybody that takes this many shots and this many threes and free throws, I, I get it. There's a there's a certain joy in just seeing what a player like that can be. But if you want to run the safe route, take the check down, basically. Lock in some pl- some value. Maybe you give up a little bit of upside, but you lock it in before any sort of downturn possibly hits. That's the way you do it on this type of play. I think it's the targets are actually somewhat similar to Terry Rozier, we talked about earlier in the show. You know, you're aiming for guys that maybe don't have the world's biggest names between like 40 and 65 and see what you can pull back. Can you pull back a Freddie Van VanVleet? Eh, questionable. Could you pull back a Jalen Brunson? I doubt it. Could you pull back a Vooch? Maybe. I might do that. Could you buy low on JJJ? Probably not anymore. Again, kind of repeating myself, talking in loops here. Could you go higher? Uh, Questionable. And then Yahoo obviously has the ranks just a little bit different. But look at the guys on whatever website you're using. Look at where they're ranked. I'm just looking at the BBM ones right now. And look for somebody who you think is just perfectly locked in at like rank 55 and they're just not going anywhere. And see if that... Person, whoever rosters them, is thinking, you know what? Maybe I'll take a shot. Maybe I'll give up this sure bet who is not super exciting, but he's, yeah, they're they're, they're good. They're fine. They're there. I'll take a shot that Anthony Simons is just the tiniest bit better. And they might be right, but you know what? I still don't think you'd classify that as losing your your trade because you're just locking it in. You're putting it in the safe deposit box, and you're calling it a day. We have one more honorable mention, and it's Kobe White. And I had to throw him in there because he's running, you know, like mid-second round pick over the last two weeks. The reason that he doesn't get his own page, he's actually a first-rounder over the last two weeks, so apologies. But he's shooting 51% from the field on 17 shots per game, and he's making over five three-pointers a night right now. Uh, he's always been a good free-throw shooter. That's never been a problem for White. His six assists are probably repeatable here as long as Zach Levine remains out. But the 51% and five three-pointers and 26 points per game, this is all stuff. He's also, by the way, playing 40 minutes a night. None of this stuff can actually stick long-term. If he plays that many minutes every ball game, he's going to get hurt. At some point, the field goal percent is going to level off, and it's going to be unpleasant because a career 42 43% guy, you guys can do the math. If he's shooting 8% over that for 6 to 10 games, he's probably going to shoot 8-ish percent under that for six to 10 games or worse for a shorter period or not quite as bad for a longer period, you know, maybe 40% for like 15 games instead of 35% for six or something like that. So the math is going to work its way through eventually. But the reason he's an honorable mention isn't because there's a pretty obvious sell high going on. It's because it's actually too obvious of a sell high because Kobe White kicked his crap into high gear when Zach Levine got shut down And everybody can see these shooting numbers are not sustainable. So if you're like, hey, man, I'll give you Kobe White, the person on the other end of your trade is going to be like, "Uh uh-huh. And how are you valuing him? Well, that's the question. What is he if the Bulls trade Zach Levine and get someone back that could take some of that usage away? Let's, for argument's sake, say that the usage doesn't take that big of a hit and we're just accounting for the regression in percentages It's important, I think, to point out that Kobe White, remember, this was a guy who was outside the top 160 for most of the season until the Zach Levine stuff happened, whatever it was, two and a half, three weeks ago. That's why overall on the year now, he's number 77, despite being number 12 for the last two weeks. The two and a half, three-week run he's on has yanked his rank up the board from 160 to 180 range. That's where he was. All the way to 80. He's rocketing. There are very few players that have moved up the board this quickly. He could be, if the Bulls just keep Zach Levine shut down indefinitely. Maybe they don't trade him for a while, or they do trade him and they mostly get picks back, or something that's not interfering with what Kobe's doing. He could run at a top 60-70 clip with the extra usage. That's always been the issue is that there wasn't enough to do and his fantasy game didn't support it because he was mostly points, threes, and free throw percent, but he wasn't doing enough in any of those things to matter. Now he's doing enough in all three of them to matter and he's basically a point guard, so there's been this uptick in all the stuff. I have no idea what you could get back for Kobe White. That's another reason he's an honorable mention. Maybe you get, like, could you get a top 50 guy back? I highly doubt it. So it's, I would say, actually, the best move right now is just to see this through, see how long he can stay ridiculously hot. At some point, he's going to cool off, but I feel like you're going to get more out of it by just riding out the hot streak, as opposed to being like, hey, I'll give you Kobe White, and someone's going to be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you a top 80 guy back. Do you win over, like, a three-month span? Maybe, but... Your teams might be better off just having a guy going in this crazy, you know, first, second, third round run for a couple of weeks, head-to-head or Roto. Roto, you bank it for the year. Head-to-head, maybe he helps you win the next two or three weeks in a row. And the guy you would have traded him for, maybe that guy beats him by totals the rest of the season. But that doesn't actually equate to better situational value. So yeah, he's an obvious sell high. And if you can get somebody in the top 50, you do it but I don't think you're going to be able to do it, and that's why he doesn't get his own real slide. Uh, Let me close that out. I think we have one buy low, sell high question. Justin asks, how does Pirtle look rest of season? Is Bogdan a sell high? Yes, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a sell high. Jakob Pirtle is, I think, pretty well leveled off now. He got off to a very slow start, went on a kind of a hot run. Now he's just sort of bouncing back and forth between like 70 and 95. And that's probably where he ends up. I think there's a chance he could push a little higher than that if another decent stretch comes along. Um, Or if his free throw works up from 49% into, say, the mid, like the high 50s instead, that would be a good way for him to move 15, 20 slots of ranks. Uh, But the steals, the blocks, the field goal percent, the boards, all that stuff seems to have sort of, kind of leveled, again, the great leveling, uh, the great settling, whatever we want to call it, and I would treat Jakob Pertl as kind of a 75 range guy going forward, so not really a buy low or a sell high right now, and uh, that, I think, answers the one buy low, sell high question. The chat room otherwise has non-buy low, sell highs. Uh, Folks, if you have buy low or sell high questions, throw them into the comments on the YouTube page. This goes for anybody listening or watching. If you're listening to the pod, you have a comment. Go over to the YouTube page, just toss it in there. Um, I don't tend to see everything that people ask me on social media, uh, but you know that's also a way you could try it. Dropping into Discord is another decent way to do it. If you have a premium membership, that's the best way to get a hold of me over there. Again, at Dan Vesperus on social media. Discord link is in the show description, and the comments section for the show, I think, should pop up basically as soon as I hit end stream, which is coming here momentarily. Alec, by the way, asks, is Kuzma a sell high? He's been on my sell high board basically since the second week of the year. And people keep yelling at me about it. Dan, he's not a sell high. He's not a sell high, you say, as he goes from ranked 49 to 96 over the last month. It was an obvious one because his percentages weren't even in the vicinity of where they've been throughout his entire career. Over the last month, he's number 115. On 23, 5, and 5, I know the counting stats look good, but no defensive stats, negatives and turnovers, free throw, field goal, blocks, steals. Okay? That's what happens. I know the 23 points per game is very, very attractive. And the 5.5 assists out of a power forward, attractive. I get it. Head to head leagues, he makes more sense because you're punting blocks. He makes sense as a power forward that punts blocks you're punting free throws he's useful there actually if you're punting field goal he even makes more sense because he's a power forward that's a field goal negative guy i get it i get it but nine cat he was on his way down we knew it because he was shooting over his head from everywhere and it's now starting to what's the term we just used level off thanks for watching everybody again shout out to our pals at expressvpn.com hoopball that's the link if you want to get three extra months on the end of your annual subscription expressvpn.com hoopball i am dan vespris i know i will see you on social at dan Vesperus or in discord via the link in the description and do again use the comments section i keep forgetting to remind people of that that's why i reminded it three times on today's show like subscribe wherever you're listening subscribe and if you're on one of the services where you can drop a five-star. Please do that on the way out. Until tomorrow, everyone. Enjoy the slate tonight. Go set your lineups. See you later.